We don't sugarcoat shit. This is Renegade Talk Radio. Renegade Talk Radio. Howdy, Renegade Nation. This is Everly Isby connecting the dots right here on Renegade Talk Radio. And this is January 30th. Uh, 2017, I keep forgetting what year, the years, they run together. January 30th, 2017, and I am not going to talk into the insanity that has gone on this past week. Everyone else is talking and arguing about it, so I'm taking a break from that feeding frenzy to talk into a very important case coming up very soon in Las Vegas, the Bundy Trial. It's scheduled to begin, I believe, on February 6th this next month. I've spoken into it in past shows because it is an important case. Uh, But I want to stress that this case is not about the Bundys. It's about all of us, every human being on the planet, not just in the U.S., but across the world. As always, I have the links on my page for you to read in full. But this first part I'm quoting from Pete Santilli. Uh, quote, prosecutors in Las Vegas filed a motion in Limine late Tuesday in the case of the United States versus Cliven Bundy et al. Uh, in hopes that Nevada District Court Judge Gloria Navarro will allow the government to cover up any wrongdoing which may have been committed by agents in the Bureau of Land Management who conducted the Bundy cattle impoundment in April of 2014. This motion in Limine is a move by the federal prosecution to remove evidence that would prejudice the jury against it or any of its agents. So I'm going to read from this article which addresses directly the motion submitted by the prosecution. It's very interesting. In this motion, the government moves to preclude, in other words, remove any references in argument or questions to witnesses regarding the following matters. The defense cannot bring up the Oregon standoff situation at Malheur National Wildlife Refuge or the outcome of the actual case of the United States versus Eamon Bundy et al. in the Oregon case and trial. Right. There's no connection between the Nevada standoff and the Oregon standoff. The verdict of not guilty from the Oregon trial months ago has no bearing either. The fact that the Bundys were involved in both instances should be good for the prosecutor's case, I mean, don't you think? It strengthens their argument in showing malintent, a pattern that the Bundys are trouble, trying to incite violence or some such line of thought. I mean, that seems logical that they would want that whole issue to come up. The illegal and ongoing detention of those found not guilty in the Oregon standoff to await the Nevada trial months down the road, when they should have been given freedom to tend to their families and lives. I mean, the only violence in the Oregon standoff was the ambush and murder of the unarmed Lavoy Finnicum by government agents while he was driving to a public meeting. The Bundys, I would argue, regarding them still being in prison this long, well, uh, are that they are not flight risks. They are honest, law-abiding people with wives and children and hard-working ranchers. They wouldn't leave it all behind and flee. No, they need to be, protect their livelihoods, their life's work. Plus, the Bundys have no past records of criminality or violence. 
but the not guilty verdict in Oregon apparently carries no weight in the Nevada trial. They kept them in jail in seclusion, so not only they can't talk to the press, but their families won't certainly talk to the press either. What does that tell you, Renegade Nation? Let me read a few more points made in this motion filed by the government for the Nevada case. Any references to the evidence of the mistreatment of the cattle, any agency or officer's misconduct during impoundment of cattle or other operations or investigations cannot be brought forth. Right. The BLM itself and its agents, nor any of the other agencies' employees' conduct have no bearing in this case or the actions of the Bundys and their supporters and friends as a result of government actions. Well, Renegade Nation, this is older than the sea itself, isn't it? Withholding facts and evidence of government abuse because they're above the law and the jury needs only to see one side of the equation in their search for the truth of this matter. Here's another, here's another one. Let's uh, read further into this motion. Any arguments or opinions by the defense that the federal government, its officers and agents or agencies are improperly and excessively armed, use military tactics, act outside their authority, or have engaged in the use of excessive force in other venues or at other times? No, the defense can't bring any lawful point that what happened at the Bundy standoff is something that happens consistently by the BLM across many states. No, we cannot allow the jury to be aware of repeated excessive force as the government tactics that's all immaterial. Don't want the jury pondering that. <laughs> Hearsay statements or opinions regarding the impoundment operation on that day or statements by public officials such as Governor Sandoval, U.S. Senators Hatch, Harry Reid, U.S. Congressman-elect Ruben Kikuan, or Nevada Assemblywoman Michelle Fiore. Yes, government-elected officials weighing in in the variety of ways that they did over the Nevada standoff, but... Their statements are meaningless in the very state they're elected to represent. Their statements for or against the Bundys are not going to be a part of this trial. Legal arguments or opinions that the federal government does not or should not own public lands, that the government should not own the Gold Butte Range, or that Gold Butte Range has now been designated a national monument by the President of the U.S., Yes, Renegade Nation, Obama designated by executive order just a month or two ago with no granted authority by the state or legislation of Congress and before the conclusion of these trials. Obama just seized these public lands at his own discretion with no political motivation whatsoever. This was not an act in defiance of the important issues surrounding federal government overreach, which is what these trials are all about. Well, we'll just take all that land now. There are no ulterior motives behind this state lands grab. No, not at all. And the arguments that the federal has no lawful authority to own state lands without consent of the states? Well, that is not an issue that needs to be aired in this case. Although that's what created these standoffs to begin with. Okay, and now the last one. Legal arguments or opinions that law enforcement officers within the Department of Interior are not constitutional. That natural law 
or other authority permits the use of force against law enforcement officers in defense of property or individual rights, or that the U.S. District Court of Nevada is illegitimate. Oh, yes, the use of superior law by the defendants cannot be allowed, or the fact that employees in the Department of the Interior never were but are now armed as if they were hired as law enforcement or holding military positions outside of the military itself. Yes, federal agencies are all armed to the teeth now. Never in past history, but they are now. Well, this cannot be discussed during the trial. So, that's what the prosecution wants the judge to agree to, Renegade Nation. And it's interesting and important to note that not one key motion filed by the defense so far has been granted and that the judges assigned to this case almost always passed motions filed by the prosecution, effectively shutting down any defense the defendants and their counsel try to use. Glendy's, Clive and Bundy's wife, uh, Carol, is quoted as saying, So what kind of defense are we allowed to have if we can't tell the truth? Because if the government has its way, it looks like we'll not be allowed to have any defense at all. Unquote. What I'd like to bring to your attention, Renegade Nation, is this. It appears the government is rightfully concerned about the reputation of lead agent Daniel P. Love. What an ironical name for him to have. Daniel P. Love, who's been the center of controversy, controversy in almost every operation he has conducted in the Western states. The underlying language in this motion is really about keeping Daniel Love from being exposed and his overly aggressive military operations that obviously carry the potential for death and violence. This needs to be kept from a jury's scrutiny. If you read this the way it is written, it is clear. The government fears it will lose this case if the evidence against the BLM is ever shown to a jury. And what testimony by the defense is expected? Well, by people like Dr. J. Redd, a prominent and respected dentist in St. George, Utah, whose father, Dr. James Redd, committed suicide after a BLM operation headed by Super Agent Daniel P. Love in Blanding, Utah, went very wrong. In all, there were three suicides associated with that operation. Senator Orrin Hatch, at the time, pleaded with then-Attorney General Eric the fucking holder, to look into the matter, and it could be very problematic for the prosecution if Senator Hatch's opinion about the BLM is heard by the jury. Pete Sandilli, who was caught up in the arrests as a journalist covering both the Nevada and Oregon standoffs, is quoted as saying, sure, they'd love it if we all just went into this trial docile and defeated, not willing to fight them, but that just isn't going to happen. The Bureau of Land Management went to the Bundy Ranch with a clear disdain and lack of respect for the Bundy family. Dan Love's objective fell just short of scorched earth policy. We can prove it, they know it, and they are very, very afraid of that. As I see it, we have them right where we want them. Why would they file such a ludicrous, ludicrous motion otherwise? 
Former Nevada State Assemblywoman Michelle Fiore, who was and remains a staunch supporter of the Bundy family and the protesters, reacted to the motion, stating that it was just unbelievable to her that the government would try to stop the truth from being told in this case. Quote, Do we live or do we not still live in America? One way or the other, the truth will be told, and I would like to see them stop me from voluntarily giving my testimony when this trial begins, unquote. Fiore in the past had this to say in interviews given by MSNBC's Chris, Chris Hayes and by Fox News's Sean Hannity regarding the armed confrontation at Bunkerville, Nevada. Fiore said, quote, the government should not show up with guns to collect on a debt and called for the termination of whoever ordered this to be done, unquote. Fury makes a good point. By what authority does any federal agency have the right to conduct a military response to an alleged debt of a civilian? I mean, if anyone claims I owe them money, do they have the right to come and take it at the point of a gun? Really? Since when? And in the Bundy case, a non-combative civilian who had exhausted all recourse to his allegations against the BLM, which the agency never addressed or even attempted to remedy, felt it was in their right to just come take property away from the Bundys in a military action. That's what led the Bundys and their supporters to stand against the BLM on that day. The feds refused to lawfully address the Bundys' ongoing issues over the many years I guess because the feds in general feel that they are above the law itself. This is important to understand. These private corporations, mostly foreign owned for profit, only understand that bottom line. Profit and the rights of the people do not fit into their bottom line. And that's where we're at, aren't we? I'm definitely going to follow this Bundy trial very closely and whether Nevada District Court Judge Gloria Navarro approves or denies the prosecutor's motion in Limonet. Okay, I'm taking a break here. Uh, when I come back, I'm going to talk about the changes in the so-called government that is behind this corporatocracy we all live under because it's fundamental knowledge to have and it helps to see why the people, not only in this country but around the world, have no voice. This is Everly Isby, Connecting the Dots, and this is Renegade Talk Radio. I was in chronic pain, and my family struggling to make ends meet, food and gas prices going up, even keeping my job was iffy. Then I learned about a new miracle drug made in Washington, D.C. Spend it all. Spend it all is Washington's answer to all the painful problems Americans face. How to borrow $800 billion for a stimulus that didn't create jobs or fix the economy? Spend it all. Spend it all is not for everyone. Side effects may include a mountain of government debt piled on our kids, a sudden loss of freedoms, higher prices for everything, leaving our kids a lesser America than we had. Ask your doctor or congressman if your conscience is strong enough for spend it all. And it's so popular in Washington, we have to borrow, I mean import, trillions more of it from China. Spend it all makes you feel better now and pushes off the really bad stuff till later for them to deal with. Call the White House and Congress. Tell them, stop spending it all. Hi again, Renegade Nation. And you know, regarding, once again, the, um, well, regarding the 
events that have led up to the Bundy trial and any number of other same types of situations people find themselves in across the board. People are being ripped off, property stolen from them, and without due course, and on and on down the line. These actions are taken by the very governments who are supposed to be working in our interests. No matter how you slice it, our current so-called government is not the one outlined in the original Constitution. Far from it. And to narrow it down, the United States was fundamentally changed during the period of the Civil War, where a look-alike, sound-alike corporate Constitution was set in place without anyone noticing. Later, actions by presidents and the corporate Congress sealed the deal to the satisfaction of the bankers and politicians who would benefit. I'm not going to go into detail about that at this moment, but I am going to quote from Anna von Reitz. She puts it very clearly, so I'm quoting from her here. Quote, the banks control the governments, not the other way around. It's been this way for 150 years in Britain the Commonwealth countries like Canada, Australia, New Zealand, and Japan, the U.S., Germany, most of Europe, most of Asia, most of Africa. And when a government tries to assert itself and make its own decisions and adopt its own currency, for example, for the benefit of its own people, as Libya's government did, and we all know what happened to Libya, and as Iran's government has, it is promptly attacked by all the other governments which explains, renegade nation, why Iran is so vilified these days. But Iran is under the protection of Russia and China, an important distinction to note there. So why is this going on? Why do these governments attack each other this way? Because the banks run the governments as storefront governmental services corporations, and the banks like it that way. It gives them a free hand and world dominance. They get to use the resources of the entire planet any way they please. They get to regulate and deregulate themselves in whatever way is most advantageous to them. Forget the good of the people or the country they're supposed to be representing. And as I said, Renegade Nation, major changes on the federal level began uh, from the Civil War forward. And President Lincoln had no authority to do what he did. But... That's another subject. Then, on the federal level later on, more major fundamental changes took place. So, I'll again quote from Anna Von Reitz. Quote, just look at what FDR did to the Virginia Colony, Co Virginia Colony Corporation, which was the company running the federal government back then. When he shut it down and opened the United States Incorporated, and when he bankrupt bankrupted the United States of America Incorporated, these were predatory corporate takeovers and mergers, and we all paid for them. Not only that, but they did not disclose to the public what they were doing. Those responsible, including FDR, should have been tried as criminals, not lauded as heroes, as the history books most certainly do, as all listening right now well know. The people are not were not sophisticated enough to recognize what the banks and their willing drones, the politicians, had foisted off on them. Then as now, the people slumbered on, secure in the comforting but false assumption that this was their government, and their government wouldn't harm them. Then later, uh, in Anna's article, she made another important distinction. So listen closely, because I'm going to expand on this later in the show. 
quote, it signaled that the American people no longer remembered the difference between lawful, the law of the land, and legal, the law of the sea. Lawful, legal, law of the land, law of the sea. And here's another important point Anna makes. Quote, another death knell came when the people started being confused between the people of the United States and citizens of the United States. And millions of people in a zombie-like trance, beguiled and trusting that they believed to be their own dear government, agreed and said, yes, we are citizens. Right. That is what people don't get. You are, the great majority of you in America, by right and by birth, American state nationals, not citizens of the federal corporation calling itself government. The recognition of that very important difference is something everyone needs to understand because, because as a citizen of the U.S. or as a U.S. citizen, you are a corporation, a legal fiction entity that agrees to be subservient to a corporate conglomerate. Therefore, you're on the hook for their financial malfeasance. You are agreeing to pay their exorbitant debts when in fact that debt doesn't belong to you. As an American state national, you're off that enslaving hook. Okay, I'm heading to a break once again. I'm Renegade Nation. Um, all those listening to this show, you know, I can only hope that this makes sense to you. I'm doing my best to impart this information to you to assimilate and comprehend. I hope you are, because, because if you don't get it, then a slave, you will remain. Same goes for all listening in other countries. But here in the States, we all know that the IRS can seize your property and fine and penalize you until the cows come home. You can be arrested and jailed without due process. They can do anything they damn well please. If that's fine with you, then that's your choice. When I come back, I'm going to talk uh, a little deeper uh, about the jurisdiction of the land as opposed to the jurisdiction of the sea. Just a general outline, nothing real heavy. Don't want to bore you. But I do want, have to express that this stuff is very interesting and a major key to know how they get away with this crap, Renegade Nation, because people not only in the states of America, but across the world, need to understand this basic and underlying fact of how jurisdiction works so that you can clearly see what's happened to the people around the world, not just in the USA. And then you can begin to see the solutions that are right now available to us to make the changes necessary so that humanity can get back the controlling interests of this planet back into our own hands where it belongs. You get this, and you'll begin to see where power lies, how it's been stolen from you, and the process of how you take it back from these corporate conglomerate thieves around the world. These corporations do not have the lawful authority to do what they're doing and have been doing for way too long. When a growing number of people understand the power of the pen, the rules can change, which is the very best form of revolution that can be waged the power of the pen. This is Everly Isby, and this is Renegade Talk Radio. Be right back. <laughs> More smoking content than a Jamaican spliff. You're listening to Blunt Talk on Renegade Talk Radio. 
Hello again, Renegade Nation. This is Everly, and I'm talking about jurisdiction. Yep. Um, you know, uh, and I want to talk about how it's being used against all of us, not just in the U.S., but around the world. You know, when you go to court, for example, to fight what you know is an injustice done against you, and you lose... It's because you didn't understand the jurisdiction they railroaded you into for the government's advantage. And I know you're very familiar with this. Even if you haven't been through it yourself, you most probably know someone who has lost a slam dunk case. And I'm going to keep this as simple and concise as I possibly can. As you know, I'm always railing against the corporatocracy and that in the states of America, we no longer have a lawful government whether on the federal level, the state, or the county levels in all the 50 nation states in America. So, here's the question. What is the difference between lawful and legal? Lawful is in the jurisdiction of the land, and legal is in the jurisdiction of the sea. This is where the confusion for most of us begins. And once again, Renegade Nation, I'm speaking into the USA here, but this is also true for most countries around the world, with slight variances depending upon the country. But the same shill game is at play. That thing in Washington, D.C., which is masquerading around like a government, is not a government at all. I've said this many times and I'll keep saying it until you wrap it around your head. DC is a corporation. Actually, it's a conglomerate of corporations, privately owned internationally and solely for its own profit and self-interests. This corporate setup operates in the jurisdiction of the sea, which means it's under corporate equity and maritime laws, statutory law, not the law of the land jurisdiction which is where the people live. This is very important to comprehend, my friends. Now, the individual nation states across this country, which were sovereign and superior over the federal government they created, were induced around 60 years ago to incorporate as franchises of the federal corporation. The inducement being federal revenue sharing, which you can decode as federal racketeering from their inland and international piracy practices, the rape, pillage, and plunder that we see going on all around us. Here's a quote from Anna once again. All these people, and I'm on the county and state levels, by the way, that you think of as your representatives are literally bought and paid for corporate franchise employees of the bank's running the governmental services corporations you have also mistaken to be your lawful government. Their only actual obligation is to make profit for the local state of state franchises. This is their job and they can't do anything else because a commercial corporation is a psychopathic entity by definition. The fiduciary deputies of such an organization are allowed to worship only one god. Profit at any cost. That's the way commercial corporations operate, and unknown to you that that is what nearly all the county, state, and federal government operations have become, self-interested commercial corporations. And Renegade Nation, if you think about it, you know that that is true. You see examples of it all the time. 
Now, this is also true in regards to the court systems on all levels because the courts are also private corporations within this corporate conglomerate system. They work on profit as the primary motivator as well. Not lawful justice to the people. No, their jurisdiction is not your jurisdiction. There are no courts representing the land jurisdiction where people live. There are not courts in common law, which is a court in the land jurisdiction. There once was, but not any longer. There are only courts which represent the corporate law of the sea jurisdiction. So any case brought in these courts are in corporate law. So I have to ask you, as an individual, a flesh and blood human being, are you a corporation? No. You're not a legal fiction entity created on paper, which is what a corporation is. You're a conscious, sentient human being, and more often than not, born on the land and therefore under the jurisdiction of the land. But when you go to court, you aren't aware that the jurisdiction of the sea is what they are press-ganging you into. The people's courts that lawfully deal with people and their property and people's issues is in the land jurisdiction. Therefore, none of these courts are courts of the people where the Declaration of Independence, the original Constitution, and the Bill of Rights reside. How can this be, you might be asking? Well, as I just said in the last segment, it's a result of collusion by international banking concerns and self-interested politicians along the way, employing illegal and unauthorized legislation in the illegal corporate Congress that came out of the Civil War. And that was the result of those foundational changes. The Federal Reserve Act of 1913 took over the control of our money and our economy. A major nail in our coffin, indeed. And then the fraudulent machinations of FDR, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, from the Great Depression onwards in the 1930s. And the Great Depression was, by the way, created on purpose by those self-interested banksters at the unconstitutional Federal Reserve, once again for their own greedy international self-interests and ongoing inland piracy ploys, not only in this country, but worldwide. The fraudulent actions by Franklin Delano Roosevelt and his cohorts in the Congress and the legislations that came out of the Emergency Acts legislations of that time, once again, set the fraud into major overdrive. It's all fraud. How do they legally assume that you are a corporation and therefore under their jurisdiction of the sea? It all starts with your birth certificate and the theft of your given name. In other words, garden variety identity theft. This is where you have to become aware of how your name is written. Through that ploy, they created a legal fiction entity in your name by the use of all capital letters. Your name spelled in all capitals. If you will notice how your name is typed when banks, corporations, or government agencies send you mail, your name is always in all capital letters. It's not addressed to you, the living human. It's addressing the legal fiction entity they created by identity theft from your birth certificate. When a judge in a court calls your name, he's reading from the docket, which has your name spelled in all capital letters. The all capitals is the legal fiction entity, not you, the living flesh and blood human being. So when he calls your all capital name and you respond in the affirmative and say, yes, that's me, 
That is your first major mistake because you agreed that you are a legal fiction entity and are therefore under their jurisdiction of the sea. Does that make sense? It's only fact and truth, and that's how they trick you. So once you've said yes, you're consenting to be a legal fiction entity and you're now surety, or in other words, responsible for the ever-growing victimless crimes they accuse people of committing. They will ram you through whatever verdict, fees, or penalties they desire, all for their self-interests. Once you're in that jurisdiction, they can take your property, steal your money, lock you up under their millions of codes and regulations that do not apply to you unless you consent to being a U.S. citizen or a citizen of the United States. If you're an American national and know how to present yourself lawfully, they cannot gain jurisdiction over you. What's truly important is that you have to educate yourself into these important distinctions so that you can protect yourself from these self-serving corporations who presume authority, but in actuality have no authority of any kind. Like what's happening to the Bundys. But in truth, the self-same things are happening to all of us all the time in all aspects of our existence. And the schools certainly don't teach you this. So you do have to self-educate yourself so that no presumed authority can keep holding you back and stealing everything from you that is rightfully yours. You have to want answers to these questions. Get past your apathy and anger and learn how to dance around this predatory system lawfully. You know, <clears throat> here's an example. I recently got a jury summons. And what was weird and kind of unsettling about the whole thing was that it didn't even come in an envelope when I opened the, the mailbox. It was it was just open. <laughs> just the summons itself. I don't know what that was about, but it instructed me to call uh, and answer an automated voice questionnaire. So I did. I asked a, it asked a variety of questions to verify that I was who they thought I was. And the choices were simple yes and no questions. Now, the last question that was asked was, are you a U.S. citizen? And I punched two, which was the no answer. In my head, I'm saying, no, I'm not a U.S. citizen. I'm an American state national. Then the automated voice instructions told me to call back the night before I was to show up for duty to find out if they needed me or not. A few weeks later, I called them back. The answer came that my services were not needed. And the reason, Renegade Nation, I stated correctly that I am not a U.S. citizen. Only U.S. citizens can serve in the jurisdiction of the sea. As an American state national, though, I can and would willingly serve on a jury for a common law court because the jurisdiction of the land is the only jurisdiction that deals with living people and their property and life issues. That's the people's jurisdiction. That was a very satisfying yay experience for me because it proved to me that the distinction I had educated myself in on this subject is understood and acknowledged by their system. And I was free to move on with my life and not waste my time and energy sitting on one of their juries. I am not your citizen, and I never voluntarily demoted my political status. It has been presumed against me. I am not a part of your predatory system. If you understand this well enough, you don't have to be enslaved by them anymore. You do have to know a lot about it, though, because they're very good at tricking you into their jurisdiction. That's why you have to self-educate yourself to know how to think and act through the process of freeing yourself. 
Once again, and before I close this show, I am reminding you that it would be very much in your self-interest to buy the e-book or the book itself. You know there's a problem when an American affidavit of probable cause by Anna von Reitzinger and James Clinton Belcher. The e-book is three bucks. It's the most concise and easily assimilated primer to help yourself and your friends and family to understand what this system, this corporatocracy, really is and learn the details of where freedom lies. There are lots of great materials out there, but I personally recommend Anna and her husband's book. Also, go to their website, AnnaVonWrites.com, a great sort resource site to take you ever forward in wrapping your mind around the truth. We have been so misinformed, so brainwashed and de-educated that it takes a while to reassimilate to the real deal. Okay, Renegade Nation, I'm out of here. This is Everly Isby, connecting the dots, right here on Renegade Talk Radio. Thanks for listening as always. I'll be back very soon. <laughs>